0: Knock, knock. Who's there? Orange. Orange who? Aren't you glad I didn't say gravel? Get ride.
1: Get ride. Get ride. Get ride.
0: Well, good evening, and welcome to episode 100... Yeah, uh, welcome to episode one hundred of the yeah, You Ride podcast. Mm. This is the Bodie. Bodie, hey there, Bodie. This is the T Bone,
1: and this is so cheerio
0: Guys, y'all look wonderful for a hundred episodes in. Kind of hard to believe we we've, we've done a hundred of these podcasts. I mean, pod, they are kind of podcasts, I guess. So um,
1: it's pretty much what they are. You yeah. know, it's
0: funny. Uh, last week when I was on a work trip and I was driving from Detroit to Upper Peninsula, Michigan, and it was a late night drive and I was getting kind of tired and I had my phone hooked up and a podcast came on that was actually on my phone Mm -hmm. and it was episode three. Wow. Titled really into cock now. (laughs) Oh, that was a good one. Yeah. I gotta say for our third episode, it was almost better than anything we've ever done since. So. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, we were talking about putting together like a sort of best of, or we were talking
2: about something that we're never going to get around to, which was mm. like putting together a best of episode for our 100th the episode. A clip show, if you will. Yeah. Instead, you're going to get this episode yeah. tonight, whatever yeah. this ends up being. But I was thinking that would be an episode that I would go back to, to try to pull some material from, because that, that that is an episode that, that I remembered. In fact... Was that you that coined that phrase, Sir get I guess you're really into cock now?
1: Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, oh, no, Matt. So you, long There's a lot of
2: Sudal reference. Exactly. Oh, right. We
0: are talking about I just yeah. bought my house and needed to fix some things. Mm. And, you know, we'd really glommed on to the bit. And we still go to back and forth this bit about, you know, trying to build our house out of uh, bike sponsor material. Yep. Um, the other thing that was in that podcast that I forgot about, my long-lost... <laughs> uncle boss (laughs) Bodie.
2: oh my god yeah the bit that never really worked or materialized yeah
0: i i sort of well i had created this character spoiler alert now that i never had an uncle named what uncle you made that up you you (laughs) lied joe lies (laughs) oh my god my great uncle that lived in texas uh german uncle yeah i was so
2: sure you were being serious
0: Anyway, I just decided that I would share my. I, I I think I wanted to create a character to uh, hide behind and express my my hottest takes, but it turns out I was I'm you know fairly confident I'm expressing them on my own accord. So. Well, that, yeah, I guess mm-hmm. that character sort of ulti- ultimately became Bummer Bodie. Right? Yeah, just just me. Just yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Bummer Bodie has been been around before the podcast and and still survives to this day. Um. So yeah, guys, hundred uh, episode we just. We got a full agenda. We're going to pretty much hit all our favorite things cross, road, gravel, maybe a little trash or pernash. And we have a listener email at the end. But let's get uh, right into cyclocross and one of the last two weekends on the uh, the, the UCI calendar.
1: Yeah. I think there's still. What, another one more there's race to go? There's one
0: more weekend, and then there's like the high jump race. that I don't know anything about, but I feel like Matt every year you send me a video about that or something. So high jump race. Remember a few years ago when there was like the friends of Stebar race or something? Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Greipel was like racing Greipel and Kittle. They were like in tennis shoes and they were racing cross. It was.
1: That's right. Yep, yeah. and they have the high jump. Uh, bunny hop. A- they have the bunny hop contest yeah. that,
0: that Tom Musen always
1: wins. Right. Yeah. Sort of the Saitama Criterion of the cyclocross. Yeah. World. Just a bit of a fun wind down, I think, for the end of the season for yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, um, quickly, we kind of wanted to uh, talk about Middle Kirk, which was on Saturday, and mm-hmm. that was the finale of the Super Prestige Series. And if you guys have been listening to the other podcast I'm that I'm on, uh, Cyclocross Radio Media Pit. Uh, I I I question is is Lawrence Sweek elite, and uh, Lawrence Sweek won the men's overall and the Super Prestige. Yep. The
2: Super Prestige is a points series. Right. Mm-hmm. Dave Daveyve is a time time-based. So, cumulative time based series. Yeah. Okay. So Sweek was a Sweek was in the lead going into this race, yeah, But
0: he, but pretty close with with his teammate Userbeat. Yeah, a little okay. bit. Uh, one point away. So you know we we've, we've seen some inter team strife uh, there, and so maybe thought that might be something um really i don't think it was uh sweet got away and held a gap for almost half a race and you know he, he won it in the belgian tricolor yeah on the belgian national champion bike I mm-hmm. think he made a strong case for being elite.
1: That's right. And did you notice he actually made a bike change on the last lap? Yeah. Uh, to ride on so the fresh he bike. On, the fr- that, on that fresh, clean uh, Belgian champ. That's bike.
0: that's pretty pro move there. Yeah. That's,
2: that's, if you've got the time to do it, you might as well do it, right?
0: Yeah. Um, Let me mean, ask
2: you this, though, buddy, to back up to so that we can all sort of weigh in on your question. Because yeah. I, I follow you on Twitter. Uh, I know that you, Thank I, I, I listen to your other podcast. <laughs> I appreciate that. And uh, so I know that this is something that you've kind of been wrestling with. Kind of, it's a little bit of a thing you've been playing around with a bit. So I want to know, how do you define elite? Because if I'm going to tell you whether I think Lawrence Week is elite or not, I need
0: to know what your criteria are. Well, I mean, besides mm. the obvious je ne sais quoi of being elite, I think uh, A, winning a World Cup. Okay. Um, Beating the best cross racers out there
2: Mm -hmm. okay
0: um consistently being in that top five okay uh winning and uh winning the big race and that's more sort of like how do you define the big race and i will say the belgian national championships is a big big race Yeah, he won it this year uh you know
1: didn't win any World Cups this year, did didn't
0: he? Didn't win any World Cups. He finished second behind Vanderpool, but we've seen Tone beat both Wow and Vanderpool and win World Cups mm. and win Euro champs and win the Belgian national champs. So I consider I consider Tone elite. Um, Sweek had a chance to beat Wow and Lil, he didn't. So like that was kind of my argument. Like, is he really like you know he won Belgian national champs, but you know Wow's coming back. And to me, that he won that race because of his teammates. Mm-hmm. Uh, his, his team's actually won it for him. Well, not won him for him, but they played good t- tactics. So, yeah, those are some of my quali- qualifications. And you know, I think winning series overalls counts, you know, towards being elite. So as I'm
2: as I'm sort of trying to weigh your definition of elite, I'm guessing that your 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 thought would be that they are not more than four or five elite men's cyclocross racers yeah. at any one time.
0: Right now, with the way that Vanderpool has dominated, he's kind of kept the cap on the amount of elite riders. I would say in other eras, when you saw he had Nyes and uh, Sven Nyes and Neil's Albert, and they weren't as dominating, but they right. they allowed for more riders to come to the top. Mm-hmm. So yeah.
2: So I'm gonna take a guess, and I'm I'm gonna assume you're gonna say Matthew Vanderpool. I think you've got to put Wout Van Aert still in the elite category. Three-time world it's... champion. Sure. Uh, Tone Everts. Yep. I'm going to guess that you probably are going to also need to put Ellie Isabid in that this yep. season. I'll and put then I'm going to say probably hanging
0: on to the back of that lead group, clawing on, is Lawrence Sweek. Yep. That's how I see it at the end of the season. We're going to revisit ne- next season though. He does mm. he not. You you know, <laughs> in golf, if you win like the Masters, you get invited back for like ten years or whatever. Right. I feel like. In, until you until he beats you know until he gets like official elite status he, we're going to have we got to revisit his application uh next year
2: yeah his credentials are are, are subject Suspect. to revocation yeah.
0: there you go yep i like it
2: okay yeah. uh but he did win the super prestige overall um I rode a good race rode away from the field as you said had time to to hit the pits swap his bike for the for the last lap it was a foregone yeah. conclusion on that last lap um winning a winning a, a season long series like that is certainly worth something. and um, so yeah, kudos to kudos to uh, to sweet. Probably the best season he's had since I can remember watching Cross. I would
0: say definitively, yeah. I went and looked at the results and if you look at just the progression has steadily been up and this is this has been his best season for sure. Always had
2: a reputation for being a hard starter and a fader, right? Yeah, I think so. It's kind of mm-hmm. kind
0: of what what where he was. Uh all right. Women's race in Middle Kirk. Yeah, I mean, once again, Alvarado wins. We see it's it's the Alvarado and worse show. And, you know, I mean, it just it's pretty awesome. Like, I just can't say it enough times how great it is watching those two go mm-hmm. at it. And they and I you know I was I talked about this on the media pit, but just like at the end, it's like at the end of the season, right? The world champs are over. I'm a little bit tired of cross. Like I feel like riders getting burned out. But I, I sat down. and I watched these races, and you know what? They, worst and all, rider were going at it oh yeah. and throwing blows like it was the beginning of the season. Yeah. I was like, okay. As a fan, I'm pumped again. Like I'm in it. And I was like, wow, really? You can you can draw energy from the, the racers. So you know what? I, I I agree
2: totally. And and I'm thinking that it the way it's set up this year, you've got two things that I think are at work, and they're both very much married to each other in in, in the sense. You've got Alvarado who's newly inspired by the fact that she's wearing the rainbow jersey, right? Yeah. So Mm -hmm. the cool thing about Cross is like, you know, you you, the world champs are, you know, toward the end of the season as they are in road, but in in Cross you've got, you know, another two or three weekends that you can wear that jersey in in this season and and as Alvarado is doing. So she's pumped because she's in the rainbow stripes. So she wants... To, she's been reinvigorated by that. Worst, on the other hand, is still kind of smarting from losing that, mm. and so she's trying to sort of regain something or, or you know, show Alvarado that she can beat her. So yeah, I mean, they're just both super motivated even in the waning hours of the of the season, and and that's been really cool.
1: Yeah, um, and uh, you know, came down to a sprint finish, uh, but uh, Worst did not get in the drops. In the sprint, <laughs> Alvarado has got her sprint down. Um, Alvarado
0: has, yeah. She's just like, she had an issue where she got beat. You know, they were doing before the broadcast. They were doing the reviewing all the races in that series, and they showed the two times that Worst beat Alvarado. I believe it was was for the Super Siege And you know, she like had that mistake, had that thing, or she didn't have that skill set, and now she's just like she like fixed it, and now is unstoppable.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, phenomenal. I- uh, this was the race. I, um, I'm maybe confusing uh, this and Hulse, but this is the race where uh, Betsima was also kind of up there toward the toward the two of them. Never, never. You never felt like she was necessarily competing for the victory, but she came around worst right at the end and finished yeah, second, right?
0: Yeah, she was sort of off. She was kind of getting dropped and then making she hmm. she rode back. Brett rode back up to worst and Betz. Uh, sorry. And Alvarado. Yeah, she she rode up to them. They might have slowed down a little bit, looked at each other, and then she would get dropped. But I mean, she came back. But yeah, she actually pipped uh, Worst in the sprint. Worst kind of like sat up, and Betsema charged and got her. And uh, collective groan. Mm. Maybe.
1: Well, <laughs> I think from let, the let, Americans, let's I see. Re, let's revisit that topic when we talk about Holst, because um, okay. I'd like to. Yeah. yeah, so I, I think we're moving on to that. Holst yeah, let's, right now.
0: Let's move on to Holst. So, Holst. Nice a, segue, Sir Cheerio. Yeah. Holst was Sunday, and, you know.
1: Should we stay with the women to start with then? And we yeah, can, I want to
0: give a little. little, Just talk about Holst, the fact that it's going to be a World Cup next year. Yep. Yeah. Uh, super awesome course that I didn't know about, but <laughs> doing. Matt talked about it on the podcast last year. I you know, we did. used to refer to this as the mini golf course because it's got yeah. the
2: windmills and it sort of has
0: this little uh I don't well, know. Well there's there's nothing mini about that course. No, no true. <laughs> I no. mean, those are some levees on steroids. Yeah.
1: But it has a windmill with a hole in it. Like should, yeah, you, you would...
0: literally ride through the windmill. Yeah.
1: So and... they are the golf balls going through on the on the <laughs> on the mini golf
0: course. Uh, yeah, so it's, so it's gonna be a World Cup next year. It's gonna be in January, right after uh, Ball, which has been nice. This is January first race. Awesome.
1: Um, That's uh, oh, man, even more reason to go there in the, in, the curse period. Of the curse period yeah. Right? yeah,
2: stick around for another I know. week.
1: Stick around for a little golfing. Yeah. So yeah,
2: this this is a race that is in and around a star fort. Yep, uh, which is a fortified. Obviously fortified so, fort, but these levees they're not they're not necessarily levees to protect uh, water. They're levees to uh, protect from invaders. Yeah, uh, and they are so they're taller than your your
1: typical levee, and, and they're and like, steeper. Yeah, like they're like forty five degree angle, aren't they? These these yeah. things. Um, and there are a couple. There's one run up
2: where you go directly up the thing. There's a lot of sort of back and forth and and off camber and, and winding up the levees at at, at times, but there's one run up that where you go from the bottom straight up the thing. And then there's one descent where you come straight down the thing Yeah, amongst a bunch of other, like I say, smaller ups and downs that you go up and down the levee overall, probably four or five times in the course of a lap. Yep. Um, i don't know guys where do you where do you want to go with that i mean do you want
1: to well i, I mean i think that one standout feature was that descent which
0: the uh, one that's with the ab line
1: yeah well it had it even had a c line didn't it which um like Pitcock was using on there there were a few people ended up using yeah, more that. of a b plus line i think than <laughs> yeah a c line. so one one line was further to get to but faster down because it was a straight it was yeah. straight shot down bit safer too bit well, yeah, safer. So you
0: didn't have the break and turn you could just kind of let it loose that's the, right the other was sort of the inside
2: yep inside line with a big rut at the bottom because you had to break and turn it, there was a rut that was forming uh right there at that but regardless of which of those two lines you picked it was zero to 30 miles an hour in 1.5 seconds yeah i really? mean you were you were coming actually it wasn't zero because you you were you were coming into it with a little bit of carrying a little bit of speed into it but i mean Coming off that thing, they had that they had that super cool. I don't know if it was a remote camera, if they actually had a cameraman there at the bottom, positioned right behind one of the posts on the outside of the of the uh, bottom mm-hmm. of that uh, turn, and um, it was a, sort of a, that NASCAR shot almost, you know, of the the close up of the of the, the racer speeding past.
1: Well, and we and we saw Alvarado and and Worst, you know, like At it again for most it, of the race, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for, for all of the race until the last sort of quarter of a lap at the most, right? Uh, but they both took the different lines down and almost collided into each other. Right. Um, since you guys right have a great that screen
2: point. cap of uh of uh, Alvarado sort of digging in, sort of using her you know, a lot of body, body English. English.
0: Yeah, kind of yeah, it was interesting. She she kinda of took that inside line to maybe pass worse, but actually worse just like went around her again. Yeah. Um you know, someone in we'll see.
1: And then, well, I, the other thing, you know, to talk about there is in that race was um, Anna Kay had a really great race on that course um, and looked like she had third locked down until, you know, sort of last lap or so, and she got caught by... Betsima ate a supercharged yep. hamburger. Bummer bummer, <laughs>
0: I was going to say Bummer Betsima? yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, I literally, I just went, oh.
0: Yeah, man. no, I know the collective groan. I felt it from you. I felt it from a lot of... Yeah. American cyclocross fans. Well, and and
2: look, guys. I mean, she she didn't catch uh, Alvarado and Worst, but I mean, she made damn sure almost caught them on that on that final lap. Yeah,
1: um, and I, I felt bummed. I felt like you know it would have been. I'd much rather have seen Anna Kay get up there on that podium. Yeah, because definitely. She she'd worked really hard in that race, and I feel I feel like she deserves to be there. Um, I, the whole thing, the thing with Betsima that I don't understand. I don't understand how, why Powell's Bingo had her come back for like three, four races this season. I think from a, from a marketing and optics point of view, I think it was a terrible decision or maybe, maybe nobody in Europe cares. Maybe they don't give a crap.
0: I think that's the thing. I think that they don't. I think as it's, that's just part of the sport. Like you, you get caught and then you do your time and then you're good, right? And we all just move on and even though
1: effectively she didn't really do any time in the, I mean, she kind of yeah. did a little bit. but
0: well, there
2: were clearly some politics that are beyond the comprehension of the three of us yeah. at work there for two reasons. One, the way the suspension was ultimately announced, Almost was sort of a retroactive clearing of her to race, right? right. Because yep. here she was; we she was suspended at one point indefinitely. We're all sort of waiting, like wondering, almost had kind of forgotten, like, well, yeah, shit, I man. You know, thought she was done. Maybe, she, maybe she's not. Yeah, maybe she's just never going to race again. Yeah, uh, and they're just quietly going to sort of, you know, give her a lifetime ban or you know, multi-year ban of some sort. But mm-hmm. certainly, no suspicion that it was going to be. A six-month essentially credit for time served yeah. ban, yeah. and that she was then going to be cleared to race immediately, which is weird in and of itself. But at the same time, to your to your point, Bodhi, about you know you 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 know you do the crime, you get caught, you do your time, and then you just come back and you race again. Um, she was legally cleared to race. Um, uh, you know, and I, I agree. I mean, it's. It, I would think, you know, you'd say, maybe even if you're her, you'd say, you know, hey, man, i just sit it out and kind of let things cool out and, and just race next year. There were, what, you know, four races left? She did not race the World Championships. No, no she no. didn't get selected. She didn't get selected for the the Netherlands team, the Dutch team. Yeah, because, because, yeah. because the, of that, more than likely. Well, yeah,
0: the Dutch team coach said, like, something along the lines of, not what he said per se but didn't want the drama right Right, didn't, yep. yeah just didn't need that so, i mean i think i think from her perspective like the i mean I, I don't know what she actually thinks but obviously what she's saying is just she it was completely an accident and she was you know she didn't you know she was she proved that she was unintentionally and so therefore she should be able to race sooner um yeah i, I the can't think of the word um I, I, it's not gonna come to me but yeah you, you think that you just kind of just like just quietly come back in the in the in the next fall and uh hopefully that people will have moved on or yeah god if she if she had just said i'm sorry yeah, that i put no. my fans in this position you mm-hmm. know like
2: well, I mean, you see Betsima supporter signs out oh, at the yeah. races, so, yeah. you know.
0: You saw tons of Betsima supporters when American cyclocross riders would speak out about this on Twitter, so.
1: Yeah.
2: So, and, and the other thing, the second point I was going to make is that I assume there are probably some internal politics having to do with sponsors and payment and sponsor money and contracts and stuff like that that also weighed into Powell's decision to, and Betsima's decision to, get back out and race. Maybe she contractually, was obligated to race if she was cleared to race or Powell's was contractually obligated to let her race if she was cleared to race. So who knows really what's going on there, but uh, hopefully things will die down between now and next season. I don't want to be a hater. Um, And if it was an honest mistake and if it wasn't a bunch of BS, who knows? We'll never maybe know. Uh, but I think it's up to her to sort of, you know, live up to, uh, you know, live up to a new way of racing. And, um, if she's, if she's clean and, and, and living right and doing right, uh, and she's competitive, uh, more power to her. Yep. But it's a little fishy right now, I have to say.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It just, I mean, it just, I don't know. It kind of tarnished that race, which I thought was great overall. Um,
0: so you great overall, um, Tom Pidcock, second yep. place, mm um it's just you know second at worlds
1: well so uh, hang on is is pidcock elite
0: nope he's not
1: he's under 23
0: he um, could so he's true not heck. he's <laughs> yes uh, so so i mean I alvarado he's, is under 23 she is elite yeah. af
1: yeah this is true yeah, um he's not so, quite there yet
0: he's no he's not quite there yet and it, he he just like so close it's amazing like how he, where he can like he's because Tom Pickock is not super consistent right now. He can be. He can get second at Worlds. He can also get like ninth. You know, and
1: so he, he needs to work on his start.
2: Yeah, I was going to say the one thing he can't get is the hole shot.
1: Yeah, which is surprising because yeah. he's got a good sprint on him. But apparently, I don't know. He's just not like warmed up enough or something at the at the start. Um, but yeah, he just. I mean, he lost. He gets. He's on the front row, and then he's getting like dropped down to like twentieth place.
0: I thought he was. I thought maybe you know he he charged through the group. And uh, Eli had that gap, and I thought just because of their history Mm. that that sort of personal, like, his past would make Tom catch Eli, uh, Ellie, but he he couldn't. Um, He ran out out of road,
2: basically, didn't he? So, well, I don't know. I think he ran out of steam, too. He was closing it for a minute, and, yeah. then, and then I think then, Ellie Ellie yeah. caught on to it and, and opened it Ellie back went
0: up hard, too. Ellie, Ellie needed to get a win. He hasn't, you yeah. know, he's kind of had some setbacks. So. Yeah,
2: tale of two seasons, really, for Ellie Izzerbet. Started strong, finished strong, and had a bunch of— Had a pretty you know, terrible world. Yeah,
0: pretty—well, yeah. yeah, I did. But. I'd say he started strong— had a low point and then was kind of up and down. Yeah. To, to finish the season tenth,
1: out. Tenth at Worlds, he was. Um, he was pretty far back, wasn't yeah. he? he? got. Uh, yeah, he doesn't. Not good. Cold, cold and wet do not seem to suit him at all.
0: No. Um. Yeah. Let's move on, on the agenda. Something you guys mm. something here about? Uh. Ooh. Prize. Oh. Yeah.
1: What? Prize money. Yes. Yeah. Um. So here's one for you guys. Uh, who was the biggest prize money winner of the 2019-2020 cross season?
0: I know the answer. Hmm? I know the answer. Yeah. Prize money.
1: Yeah. We're not counting
0: appearance fees. No, no. no. Prize. Who won the most in prize money. Most in prize money. And I'll tell you how much it
1: was. 126,870 euros. Um uh, I'll just take a flyer and say Amory worst. Nope. She won ninety seven thousand euros. Uh Alvarado. Alvarado won more than she did. And this is among men and women. Yeah. She won more prize money. Uh yeah. Can, can I
2: just say this? Deserved. Yeah, mm. she I, deserved to win more money than anybody else in cyclocross well, this year,
0: for sure. I, I think if you look at the fact that uh, she raced the most, yeah, and was the most consistent rider all year, yep. Uh, her opp is phenomenal. Um, Vanderpool is down there in
1: fourth, fifth overall, fourth, fourth place, I think, in the men's. Is it right?
0: Yeah. So, but look, Vanderpool didn't race a full season. He missed a bunch of races. What's interesting about Vanderpool now is that he's just... He's got three world championships. Yep. He can just... He just kind of picks when he wants to race. It doesn't seem like he necessarily cares about any sort of overall series now. No.
1: He, he doesn't need the prize money. He's getting a lot more elsewhere.
0: Yeah, or, I mean, like, Sven Nye was, was a rider who wanted to win series, right? Like,
1: well, I, also I, I think s- yeah,
2: Sven also raced cross at a time when, A, he was only really racing cross, mm-hmm. and B... Um, he was counting on those appearance fees and that prize money to to you know to yep. pay his bills. Vanderpoel probably is making substantially more in sponsorship than he's ever going to make in, 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 in prize money. I mean, he's probably making more for that one Zwift commercial he did. Right. Um, yep. Gosh, how much do you
0: think he made for that Zwift commercial? I don't know.
1: I'm sure it was a, a lot million? of money. I don't know. They got Garen Thomas to do it too, didn't they? They've done Garen Thomas and uh, Vanderpoel. I wonder who got, who got more. You'd think, well, Ooh, who's, more, who's more elite? I'm going to say Vanderpoel. Uh, who's more elite?
0: He's, he's, wow. Well, you can be elite or not, but you're going to ask me, like, the levels of eliteness?
1: <laughs> he's elite in more sports. Exactly. Yeah. And, and he's younger. I think he's got more appeal across the board. I thought, and he's not Welsh. I feel like if you've Minnesota. won the
2: Tour de France, you're probably more elite than anybody else who hasn't won the Tour de France. I oh, mean, I, I,
0: I don't feel that way in my heart of hearts, but I feel like if you if you had to put it up, then I feel you know. like I, I feel like I see where you're going. I don't feel like you can make a judgment. Yeah. So prize money, uh, we also saw that Superstige uh, equal payout mm. to both men and women for the overall. It was Sweet and Alvarado, and they were dressed up. Yeah.
1: Did you see that? Did you see yeah, he, was, he had a tux on, didn't he? Sweet. Was it a tux? I don't know.
0: It was didn't sort have, of a tux. Didn't he have a bow
1: tie? Yeah, but he also had jeans on. Oh well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's let's let's, let's keep go, keep going. Yeah, I want to I, I want to
2: finish cyclocross by saying. Well, we got we got a few notes. Uh, I, I want to finish Euro Cyclocross. Okay, good. Because we're mm-hmm. moving on. We're moving back over here to the states. I want to finish Euro Cyclocross by saying. Uh, Alvarado and Worst uh, remind me of the of the Wout MVDP battle. Yep. From you know say three two years ago mm-hmm. less so obviously this season right um and i want to ask you guys in that who is the mvdp
0: alvarado yeah yeah alvarado. i mean she's on the same team too like it just kind of yeah. like yeah
2: i think alvarado has the potential we were talking about this just a couple weeks ago and just in the just in the two weeks since then i think alvarado actually has an opportunity to dominate women's cyclocross the way MBDP is dominating men's cyclocross.
1: I could see it. I could see it. Yeah, yeah progression she is good. She is a monster. Might
2: mm-hmm. be more than 10. Yep. All right, so here we go. Back over to the
0: States. Yeah, I just quickly wanted to say, you know, uh, they've released the calendar for next year's cyclocross, uh, UCI races. I would say it's not completely set in stone. But one big thing to note is that there's only one World Cup in, that, in the States, and that's in Trek, in what, uh, Trek... Waterloo. World Cup in Waterloo.
2: Kind of saw the writing on the wall with that. Maybe
0: um, I don't know what's going to happen next year. Uh, what I hear is that uh, Jingle Cross did apply, so they had interest in doing it.
2: Yeah, no, no, sure, of course. I mean, I don't think you. I don't think if you're Jingle Cross, you don't apply. But it sort of seemed like, you know, with the new World Cup format, there was a chance that there were going to be only the one. World Cup in the states. But anyway, it mm-hmm. seems like a lot of people that are big Jingle Cross supporters that know a lot more about that race and its history than than I do, for sure. Um, they're not really crying in their, you know, crying in their beer over that. They're they're kind of stoked that it's going to be, a, you know, C one and maybe get maybe that's just wish you know maybe that's just uh, you know um, trying to make lemonade out of lemons. I don't know, but uh, still seems like people are excited about it being on the C one calendar and being. We're well,
1: two C ones now at Jingle Cross, all
0: right? Right now, so it says two C ones.
1: Now, because it's no longer going to be a World Cup, it doesn't have to be as close together as Waterloo, but it's not going to go towards Christmas, which is its whole theme.
0: It's going to be the next weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but what I really want to point out just is that the um, for us lo- for the people for our, the local folks, we do have a, a big. We have some big races sort of in our like time zone. I mean, mm. I know that uh, Waterloo is not close to New Orleans, but we also have Pan Am's. It's going to be in Fayetteville. That's, yeah. that's closer. Site of the
2: 2022 uh, World, World Championships. Championships. Yeah. yeah. So, Can't wait. so we're getting our first taste of a big elite race up in Fayetteville.
0: Exactly. And then I think Ruts and Guts is the weekend before, and that's in Oklahoma. So you've got. Mm-hmm. two races next together and you've got resolution that they, they've changed. I think that might be after. And then where's, we've got Nats.
1: Where's resolution
0: in Dallas. And then you've got okay. Nats in Chicago. So I feel like there's some big events. Like I said, in our time zone, I'm going to be at Waterloo. Hopefully I'll be at more of these races. Definitely go to Waterloo. Definitely go to nationals. Uh We'll see how my schedule changes, but that just, I want to put that out there for our friends Uh, try to make it to some of these races because they're pretty unique so in
2: our time zone meaning you you may still have to travel but you won't have to worry about jet lag
0: (laughs) exactly (laughs) Um, and one last note I just I saw a team yacht club cycling cap on a photographer slash maybe fan Mm -hmm. at Lil and he he was right uh, in the right in front of the camera and when he turned his head to take a photo was the rider went by I was like that's a team yacht club yacht club cap so there's cool scene
3: I but I'm on the Road again, I'm on the road again. But well, I'm so tired of crying, but I'm out on the road again, I'm on the road again. I ain't got no woman just to call my special friend. You know the first time I travel out in the rain and snow. Alright,
0: so moving on to some road racing. Yeah There's like a lot of road racing going on right now Some good road racing going on right Been, now too I can't even keep track no, Honestly can, <laughs> we, can we all agree
2: that this is our new favorite our new favorite race? Tour Colombia Third year now Yeah We all got into it pretty big time last year I can't say that I was really following it in year one But year two last year Yeah And we talked about it on the podcast So the evidence is there that we, we right. aren't just jumping on a bandwagon here we were We were with this race last year Yep. Um, in fact, I was with it a lot more last year than I than I was this year. Matt, you were really our sort of resident expert on on how that race went down. But mm. um, what what I did watch of it, it had had all the elements that made it great last year, which were millions of freaking Colombians out on the road yeah. cheering on bicycle racing. going racers.
1: absolutely ape shit. Yeah, Looked like a Mardi Gras parade. Yeah, I mean, just, just like-, like miles and miles. Yeah, I mean, it's a real, It's what's a shame and what I don't understand is we now have all these forms of media, all these different sources, right? GCN is on YouTube, and then we've got um, NBC Sports Gold, and then we've got Flow Bikes, but this wasn't on any of them. Yeah, I, I yeah. was going to ask you guys, do you remember how we
2: watched it last year? Because we were watching it, I think it was on, I remember it being on a cable
1: network last well, year. well i think you know where it is on is espn deportes okay and i think that's how we could watch it i think espn has the rights to it all right it's
0: not on, it's not on eight the ocho. it's on the ocho oh, oh. Yeah, that's right so <laughs> it's on the ocho. i remember
1: we were
2: we were watching oh remember we had a lead-in we had a cold open With the Colombian broadcaster and uh, about uh, Superman Superman, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, that's what it was. It was. It was on ESPN Deportes. It was like watching a
0: soccer match.
1: And I think it is, but I tried to find it on the ESPN app, uh, and I couldn't. But there, there were pirate feeds of it showing up.
0: Yeah, they're kind of crappy, so it's been harder to watch. But I did watch one of the finishes, which was reminiscent of last year, where we just have... These baller riders just attacking each other like crazy. Yeah. And was it Carapaz? Stage, yeah. yeah. So,
2: so stage four. Stage Carapaz, four. Carapaz went off the front like a rocket.
0: Yeah. In the in the Ineos kit, which is kind of, you know, like it's also it was like a shitty feed, so I couldn't you couldn't really see in the riders until they were. And then Ala Philippe chases him down mm-hmm. and brings with him Higuita and Bernal. And it was weird because Alaphilippe, Philippe it was a big gap. But he closed it. It's a huge gap. It was about a
2: 400-meter gap with about 800 meters to go. Yeah. I'm, I'm not exaggerating, I don't think, when I say that. So it was it, uphill. It was an yeah, uphill finish. Yeah. Uh, and it, yeah, I mean, it looked insurmountable, didn't it? It absolutely did. I mean, Car- you would have thought Carapaz would have sat up and started, you know, dusting off his kit and, and, and adjusting his shades. Mm. Um, and maybe he did. I don't know. I think he ran. It just. I think it was just he'd gone so hard. He was going as hard as he could. He probably realized there were some guys behind him. But Ala Philippe literally doubled his speed for, doubled Carapaz's speed for the entire last 800 meters and ended up getting him. yeah, Handily getting yeah. him. And then Alaphilippe himself got overtaken yep. by the eventual winner of that stage and eventual winner
0: overall. of the
1: overall. Yeah, Higuita from Higita. EF. Yeah. The
0: Higuita monster. The Higita yeah.
1: monster. I love it. And then, um, well, and his teammate, though, a little bit before that attack of Carapaz, his teammate, Danny Martinez... Took himself out. Oh
0: yeah, I saw. Yeah, that wiped was... out. But he managed
1: to get back and come back up to the group yeah. afterwards. He low speed crash. Low speed crash. He crossed wheels with uh, with one of the other riders. Yeah, it, it was weird. He took, maybe it was he took Bernal. A, I think took
2: one of his hands off the bars, sort of looked over his shoulder, and that caused him to just go a little bit. And he just he just turned his front wheel right into yeah Bernal or whoever it was.
0: I, w- I just want to like point out that like it's like a sp- uphill sprint finish, and you've got like Bernal out sprinting Alaphilippe mm. in Carapaz. It's like the sort of, you know, these aren't...
2: The GC sprint?
0: Sort of, I mean, but Alaphilippe is kind of a classic guy. You know, like these are, you know, he's he obviously showed us last year at Tour de France he can do a bit more than the classic stuff. So it just it, I feel like it has something to also do with these like early season races. Um, but we've seen Hagita win sprints at Tour of California, so... Yeah.
1: And Alaphilippe obviously likes this race because he was there last year and he won a stage there last yeah. year. Um. So yeah, I mean, I guess you know, in Colombia, this is summertime there, right? Um, Southern Hemisphere.
2: So I actually learned from a buddy of mine that just got back from a cycling trip to Colombia that Colombia really doesn't have seasons. It's basically oh, it's, pretty, it's, it's basically equatorial. Seven. So. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's it, and if you're at elevation in Colombia, yeah, uh, like Bogota, for instance, it's seventy degrees year round. Yeah, perfect site. Yeah. Cy- beautiful cycling weather. Mm-hmm. It's a you know
1: um Hmm. so anyway uh yeah and then the last stage uh yesterday um was again another uphill finish uh and uh martinez won the stage oh wow uh he finished second overall Higuita won overall yes and then they ef had another rider finished fourth overall i can't remember who. bernal was was third overall, third overall yeah i think he did he win it last year uh, Who's the winner last year? Gosh, I can, Nairo.
0: I don't Nairo. I think it might have been Nairo. no Superman. Superman Lopez, wasn't it? Did he win the overall? I <laughs> can't remember. Here I we are saying how much it. we were into it last we'll have year. To listen we listened to the podcast. It.
2: It's, been yeah. it's been a year. It's been. A year. You got I think know, Nairo a won a
1: stage last year. He did. Yeah. And well, that's
2: actually a perfect segue into yeah. the next race, which was the Tour de Provence. Nairo won a stage.
1: Uh, he won. He won up uh, Vontoux. That's right. Yeah. So one, handily, absolutely blew every. And there were, there were some big hitters at that race. Uh, I mean, the, Thibaut Pino was there. Pretty much everybody that wasn't at Tour Colombia. Yeah. The, really? Yeah, I mean... I Not guess, everybody, but... Right. You know, I those mean, were the two big races that were happening right now. Yeah, so we didn't see the, you know, the Yateses and Roglic and and uh, I think Hessink was the top guy for Jumbo.
0: So my big question at a Tour de Provence, because I really only watched that one stage, is... Nairo wins, and uh, in the archaic kit. So we you know. I kind of asked last year, what what did it mean for Nairo to be on RK Is he just gonna kind of disappear into the into the night and fade away? Uh, mm. Coming out bang- gangbusters in February, winning on Mount Mount Vontu. So <laughs> is Nairo elite? No kidding. <laughs> uh is is this is this gonna last into the summer? Are we gonna see Nairo? Uh, Doing some more uh, Grand Tour shenanigans, and, well, I and hope so. or is he just gonna, you
1: know, win in win in February and then disappear? Well, you know what's interesting is because he's Arkea Samsic. I mean, they've already announced all the wildcard teams, right? Because now he's Pro Conti. Oh, that's right. But he will get to go to the tour because it's a French team. Yeah. So he'll be at the tour. I don't think he'll be at the other two. So I'm sure he'll be working. You know, we'll probably see him doing uh, Dauphiné and and all those kind of. Uh, you know he'll probably do like Romandy and Dauphiné, and so all do those the one-week stage races. Yeah. And maybe
0: hey, maybe he'll get some wins there. Um, just on a note, uh, last year Superman Lopez won Tour of Colombia overall. Yeah. Nairo won the last stage. That's right. So showing form. Nairo man. In February. Yeah. That didn't translate last year to the summer. True. In Grand Tour. So form
1: it? at this exact same time. Exact
0: same time. Yeah.
1: But so, um, kudos just, to, to, to Nairo. He now owns the uh, record of climbing up to. They didn't go all the way to the top of Vontou. They went to no. Chalet Reynard, where um, Froome likes to go jogging. <laughs> um, so they finished at Chalet Reynard, and he now owns the record for that. I mean, he he blew like a couple of minutes off people on that climb. Uh, really just blew everybody's doors off. And he went pretty early on, on it. Um, can can yeah. we?
0: Can we talk about the the leaders' jury, jersey for the Tour de la Provence? Sure, it looks kind of like La Vie La, Cl- la
1: Vie, No La yeah, Vie Claire. It Vie? does. It's got a Mondrian esque yeah look to it. I mean,
0: in terms of leaders' jerseys, it's pretty cool. No, I'm Matt. I thought you would be. I thought you would totally be panashing this.
1: <sighs> no, I mean, I your, just. Because everybody does, the people mess around with like a Mondrian style jersey, and it's just like there's only one. The Lavi Claire one is just perfect.
2: Yeah, and this one is is, is it's a is, bit of a mess. Yeah, and it but, it but it's also it's also not an homage to that kit. It's sort of a
1: it's sort of a blatant shitty copy of that kit. Yeah, you know what I mean? It, what what it reminds me most of is back in the '80s, they had the combination jersey in the tour, which is the somebody who, like, the aggregate of all the categories. Yeah. You'll remember, like, Bernardino was actually, you know, uh, when he was on Lavie Claire wearing that, wearing the combination leaders They jersey. still have that jersey in some races. Not the Tour. Mm. Uh, do they have that in the Giro? You know, I think it's the Vuelta, the Vuelta that, had, that used to have the combo because they didn't have, I think, but they've got rid of it now. They yeah. They had a combination jersey that instead of, I think, best young rider but now they, they've kind of got okay. they've got rid of that one. Well, yes. there's
0: like a limit to the amount of leaders that's right classifications you can have yeah that, you know uci trying to kill all the fun yep.
2: yeah yeah well, so matt I, i'm with you on on leaders jerseys in, in terms of where you come out on this which is pick a color and make that yeah you know, what it is yes a solid color so i uh i'll if we're if we're voting trash or panache on the on the leaders jersey uh, I'm gonna vote I'm gonna vote
1: trash uh yeah I'm gonna go trash I mean you know they tried something but yeah I'm gonna say I'd say trash on it too
0: I wait okay now I found a well
1: they had another classification one as well I that was wear like, like a,
0: a jacket
1: yeah on top of it he was cold well, I wanna
0: look at the, I wanna see the jersey like you know in I am ugh I'm going to panache it because I think it's cool. All right. All right. That's great. Um, it looks terrible with the Astana thing on it, but whatever.
2: Also, you well, know, I, I just celebrated a birthday, guys. I'm, I'm 52 years old. I, I look at myself in the mirror every now and again, and, and I think to myself, eh, you know, maybe I look a few years younger than 52. I hope I do. Fucking Nairo Quintana looks like he's older than I am. <laughs> yeah. he does. I mean, the guy is just—he just
0: looks like—he he, well, he's, he just looked like that when he was 21. That's right. As well.
2: Yeah, I, I'm, it's, I'm not saying he's
1: aged. I'm saying he he's always literally just, he's just the old. same. Yes. Yeah, and he's he just, never actually shown any facial expressions. Yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. he just he was,
2: he looks like a guy that's just been a jockey for like 40 years.
1: <laughs> you know what? You know what really surprised me about Quintana is when I heard him talk for the first time. He has like a really deep voice. Yeah, when she's done. And it was really surprising for some reason. From and a, it, small, yeah, I a mean, small stature, yeah. Just, I, I just didn't imagine his voice to sound like that. Uh, I do want to quickly mention Nasser Buhani. Arkea Samsiker, they've, they've now had four wins this season already. Whoa. Buhani's won two sprints this season already. So, so Buhani was an upgrade over Greipel. For RKA, I suppose. Yeah, I huh? guess Greipel did not have enjoy being there at all. Um, and uh, but Bahani it seems to be a new lease of life for him. So interesting. I mean Archaea Santa Wait,
0: where is Greipel?
1: He's gone to Israeli. Israel Israeli. Israel and, cycling and he's account. already right. taken himself out for six weeks by crashing and training. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's that's not how you want to that's not, it's not that's a good. That's a I mean, gosh, maybe Greipel just won't ever come back.
1: Uh, it's a, 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 a which would be a shame. But yeah. he is, uh, what, 36 or something now? Something like that. Um, but yeah, so Buhani. And then the last stage, the descent into uh, Aislen-Provence, uh, the breakaway with Ian Garrison, the, uh, yeah. who's now on De Koenig Quick-Step. Well, um, he's,
0: he's the elite and U23 time trial champion. Yeah, so
1: it was a four-man break, and he was in there uh, along with Owen Duhl. Um, And Owen Dole is a pretty decent sprinter, especially in from a small group like that. And uh, he took the sprint in the end, just ahead of the bunch. Like the bunch was like literally seconds um, behind them, right at the line. But uh, that's uh, Ineos's first win of the season. Which uh, so there was only them and one other team, I think, that hadn't had a win yet. It was like them and UAE or
2: something. Pretty amazing when you think about the squad that they have. And and real quick as we close out um, as we close out Pro Road and and we and we're going to transition to one of our favorite topics uh, from here. But um, kudos to EF Education First. I mean, went up against you know a lot of competition in in Tour Colombia and um, had a great had a great race. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'm really I'm really liking really liking their team this year. I feel Wait, like. Did we
0: trash or pronounce their new kits?
1: We have not trash or panache the new kids.
0: All right, quickly. What do, you, what do you got, T-Bone? Panache. Matt?
1: I, I'm I, I'm more panache on this year than last year. Yeah.
0: I'm a panache all the way. Yeah. Um, There was what? Oh, crap. Oh, before we go to domestic, Omloop, Het Newsblad, mm. the official start of road season. Yes. Matt, do you know if Vanderpool is going to race in that
1: one? In Omloop. I, I'm going to say no. Because I, I feel like
0: you told me that... Uh, Vanderpool decides when cross season ends. And I kind of <laughs> like that. <laughs> you win the world champs and you're out. Yeah. Um, but the classics are coming. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. It's, that is our favorite time. We got to get some fantasy classic stuff going on. Hopefully oh, that's still around. So
1: terrible at the fantasy classics. <laughs> but that's uh, the actual classic fantasy classics league doesn't start until Milan San Remo that's when that starts which it seems a shame to not have on in that
3: America.
0: So one of the one of our favorite USA Crits riders, Tom Gibbons, uh, was he raced this weekend? And the reason—wait—is wait,
2: he one of our favorites, or is he our favorite?
0: I mean, he's probably our favorite. Okay, yeah.
2: Um, I mean, it's easy to love Justin Williams, right? Everybody loves Justin Williams. He's everybody's favorite. Somebody needs to be Tom's favorite. Yeah. <laughs> so I like let's. That. I like, just,
0: yeah. We, right. You know, you know what? We you know, I cyclocross has supporter clubs. Mm. USA Crits like. Fans start a supporter club. Like let's hear it. Like pick your team. Like I want to see banners. Get your bobblehead, man. Get your bobbleheads. Um, Yeah, like pick a team. Make make a banner. Let's let's go all in on it. Oh, Uh, that
1: would be hilarious to show up like with a cyclocross style big flag with uh, you know the the official. Thomas okay. given Supporters Club. Guys, li-
2: literally, <laughs> this would cost us not more than $150 to make. I think we need to do it.
0: Okay. This, yeah, <laughs> we've, we've,
2: There we go. We've got we've got the budget.
0: I hope other listeners <laughs> will pick a team as well and you create a supporters club. Uh, let us know if you do this. Um, it'll be great. So, anyway, this came across my feed uh, that Tom was racing this weekend on my Strava feed because Jack White, who we talk about a lot on the podcast Local Kid, his he he titled his Strava. I'm I'm going to read it to you. I'd have to write a book to explain what happened in this race, but in short, I won. So apparently, Jack White won the Auburn Road Race mm-hmm. because the front four, the breakaway was DQ'd and Jack White run won, won the sprint, the group sprint, the field sprint. And and,
2: and and Tom finished second.
0: Tom finished second. Yeah, in
2: the field sprint. In the field sprint. Does that mean that Jack outsprinted Tom?
0: I don't know. Tom, what's up? What's up? You gotta get let us know what's going on. USA Crits overall leader. You are getting outsprinted by Jack White? I mean, Jack White's strong.
2: Yeah, but maybe. Yeah. And maybe. and Tom did say that that he was solo in that race for forty k or something.
0: I assume this is like a leg warmer crit. Yeah, he just he just. <laughs> Tom just getting in the, the efforts. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure he would have liked to win.
0: Yeah. Well, he would, Tom won the crit the next day. Yeah. Uh, and then I, and, uh, the cool thing about the crit is Jack White posted a photo of the crit on a Strava ride. Tom's on first. Uh, there's a team type one rider mm-hmm. in uh, second. Isn't, is it, is it called team type one? Uh, the diabetes, yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, and then Jack White's in third, and I was like, "That's a pretty cool podium." I've taken some pretty awesome photos of all three of those racers. Mm. Um, and the the writer in second is uh, his Instagram name is Lucky Lakota. Anyway, so I just thought that was kind of funny. Um, Tom told us that in the road race, apparently, what happened was the break was up the road, a car pulled out in front of them and nearly came to a stop and so they went around them crossing the double yellow line and they were DQ'd. Yeah, that seems extreme, doesn't it? That seems very extreme on on behalf you of You know the, what this
1: sounds like
2: to me? This sounds like exhibit A in the case of why everybody hates USAG. Like, what's up with that rule?
0: I mean, I get the double well, yellow line. Well, you know line, why there is that rule? It's so a safety Pull into fucking oncoming traffic. Sure,
2: of course. What are you supposed to do? Stop. Rear end, stop traffic in front of you. Are you no. supposed to
0: stop? I guess you're supposed to stop, and then the and, and
2: then there was a race official who was right there to neutralize the chase group so that they would maintain the same gap to the you know. No, I, I, I don't, don't think I, so.
0: I don't I don't know. Yeah. Um yeah, kind of an. I would hate to have been that official and had to make that call because yeah. it seems. Pretty hard.
2: I think that falls under the "what would a reasonable
1: person do" exception to any rule. Yeah, and okay. uh, I would imagine that that official was not very popular um, after they, after the race. Of course, we weren't there, so we really don't know what. Yeah, happened. right. We're we're, we're we're going off of good an, point. We're going off of an anecdotal
2: Facebook message from Tom yeah.
0: and a Strava by yeah. yeah race report. So yeah. Anyway, it sounds like it was a tricky situation. Uh, people didn't realize they were sprinting for the win, and they were. Um so interesting things happen up in Alabama um, with our friends and USA crit racers. So that that's that segment. <laughs> <Let's> move on. <laughs> Good job, Tom. Good job, Jack. Uh, yeah,
1: congrats to both of you. Yeah.
3: And we're telling the
1: train.
2: Still got gravel racing going on. We've got, uh, we haven't talked about race number three in the Mississippi Gravel Cup series, mm. uh, which was um, last week, a week ago. And uh, race number four, the final race, which is this coming up weekend in uh, Bentonia. Um, this past race,
0: uh, Well, I just want to quickly point out that Technically, gravel season. I listened to the Grodio, the latest episode of the Grodio podcast. Gravel season hasn't even started yet. It starts with um, Mid-South. Okay. So, I we are, our Lambra gravel exists in the preseason.
2: Okay. So, we're just all preseason gravel. Right now, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I'm going to have to chew on that and think about how to respond to that, actually.
0: No, no, no. no, no that was yeah. not like a critique. I was just saying yeah. that, like... Yeah, like we, there's a lot more gravel coming up in this year, and I hope that we gab about it a lot. Yeah, I, I think we should. Um, but in terms of the, uh, in terms of the gravel
2: that we're actually grinding, in the series that you happen to be tied leading? for first place now. Tied, okay. Yeah, so I went into Ackerman with the jersey with a six point lead uh, over Jim Pfeiffer, mm-hmm. and um, had another great race. Uh, Jim did end up winning. I finished second, my third, second place finish in a row. So Jim has two firsts and a sixth. I have three second place finishes.
1: Mr. Consistency.
2: Yeah, nothing if not consistent. (laughs) Um, We are now tied with 132 points each going into the final race. Uh, But because of the tiebreaker rule, which is that uh, the person who had the best head-to-head, most recent head-to-head result. Gets no. the jersey. Jim, I had to. I had to hand the jersey off to Jim. But we're tied. So whoever finishes in, uh, front, of the in front of the other person in this uh, fourth race will win the overall. But I did want to mention, and 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 also, Bodie Emily is um, sitting in third place. I think in the women's overall in the hundred mile. Yeah, third uh, overall. Yeah. Mm. Um, but this was an interesting, very interesting race. It actually had a cyclocross style finish. I um, like it with a, uh, a log hop. First, there was a little bit of a ditch crossing, mm-hmm. uh, then a log hop, which you could bunny hop. Uh, then there was a little dirt run up, about a seven-foot embankment that you had to run up, I guess if you were going really, was really fast. mini-holst. Mini mini-holst, yeah. A little yeah. mini-holst mini, uh, mini run. And uh, so you had dismount for that. And then there was an A-B line, where the A-line, the short A-line, included two barriers... Uh, and the B line was just kind of a, a little uh, longer, longer stretch. Uh, I picked the A line and uh, and rode the barriers, and then there was a little some you know twisty tourneys through the grass, and then onto the paved finishing straight. It was uh, very cool, um, and I do have to say, just quick race report. Uh, I came into the finishing area neck and neck with uh, a guy who I'd been riding with for about the last five k. We were back and forth trading pulls. We were racing for second place, uh, and uh, came into it together. And I rode away from him in the cross section. I was able to I was able to use some some non gravel, non road skills to win a gravel road race.
0: That's it was, awesome. That's was pretty
2: cool. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I actually had done a little bit of scouting. I hadn't pre ridden the finishing stretch, but I had heard from some people that had done the race last year. And I'd seen some Instagram photos of the the finish that they uh, had posted. So I kind of knew that there was this little, I didn't know exactly what it was, but I knew there was a quote unquote cyclocross finish. Um, So I made a point uh, to be on the front coming into the finish. Uh, And um, the guy who I was racing with gave me the front because he thought that, you know, like most racers would think, you'd be better off um, not leading it out. So I went to the front right at the right time and and, and was able to uh, and was able to win it. So series finale coming up in Bentonia. Look, you know, this is uh, worth mentioning probably here um, that this Saturday is also the uh, funeral services for the Presley family. Uh, many of our listeners will have already heard this story, but uh, the Friday night, early Saturday morning, just as we were all uh, lining up for the race in Ackerman. Um, got the news that there had been a tragic house fire uh, just outside of Ridgeland, Mississippi, uh, where our uh, friend and uh, member of the Jackson-Ridgeland cycling community, Jake Prisley, uh, and his family lived. Um, Jake managed to escape the fire, but his entire rest of his family, wife and six children, uh, were all killed in the house fire. So we just want to take a minute to um, remember the Presley family and to give our support uh, for Jake that service funeral services this Saturday it'll be happening uh, during the Bentonia race Jason Shear, who's the race director of the Mississippi Gravel Cup really struggled with this and wondered you know should I cancel the race should we postpone the race uh, and I think he made the decision that um, that the Presley family and Jake would want the community to continue to race um, and keep them in our thoughts as we race. And so the race will go on. I think, uh, Jason has like sort of a memory box or something that he's putting at the race for people to write notes, uh, to Jake notes of support and memorial for his family and, and his support as he, as he still, uh, fighting some pretty serious, um, uh, burns and medical condition in the hospital um, so our hearts really go out to the entire Presley family and, and, and to Jake Presley who, who survived this uh, awful tragedy. Um, there's a GoFundMe, Bodie. I think you've got some information uh, to direct folks to the, to the GoFundMe. There's also a, a Semi-Tough Cycling Club uh, fundraiser that we're doing on Facebook, and we're going to show up at the race in Bentonia with a, with a check to, to donate on behalf of the club to the, to the GoFundMe. Uh, but really uh, awful tragedy that, that that's happened uh, and uh, thinking of Jake and his family.
0: Yeah, so I'll put the uh, GoFundMe info in the show notes for this episode and just once once again, yeah, quite a, what a tragic event and uh, hearts go out to Jake and you know, if, if you can support any anything you can do to support, um you know that they were a big family that we started to see come to races i think road races the first place i saw them come and it was it was one one kid and then the next year it was a few more and it was really a, the whole family affair and it was a beautiful thing to see and i'm i'm you know it's nice to see that the community is coming around to support jake and uh, he's gonna need it um and uh you know kudos to jason and wendy for taking you know to you know I know it wasn't an easy decision to make, and I think they probably made the right one. And I hope that everybody has a great ride this Saturday, and uh, you know, s- thinks a little bit about uh, Jake and his and his family, and um, and uh, carries their spirit with them when they ride. So just to finish up some some gravel
2: thoughts, in addition to the uh, race in Ackerman, excuse me, in Bentonia this weekend, the final race of the Mississippi Gravel Cup Series. We got a little bit of a teaser post from the organizers oh, yeah. of Rouge Roubaix um, mm. that uh, basically didn't have any real details. <laughs> it was a little bit of a little bit of a stay tuned. Definitely um, a teaser. Definitely a teaser. Uh, but I think without we talked a little bit on the last podcast um, on the heels of my ride with Will Jones of 4D Racing, who's the uh, race director for Rouge Roubaix Um, I shared a little bit of our conversation that that um, Will had been thinking about ways of of trying to promote an event either similar to Rouge or uh, some some nature of of gravel race uh, up in the Tunica Hills and uh, and it looks like his priority is going to be to try to reboot Rouge Roubaix at some point It sounds like it's likely to be a fall event as opposed to a spring event now. Um, But it does sound like he's not trying to to change it much. He's trying to make it a road race with some gravel. Yeah. Um, Although it did sort of also suggest that there was the possibility that he might do some other events in addition to a rebooted Rouge Roubaix in that area that were... More gravel specific, so stay tuned for that. Follow Rouge Roubaix on Instagram or Facebook
0: um, to get those
2: updates as they come in. But I'd say that's exciting.
0: Uh, I mean, yeah, you saw the the people that commented immediately after that was posted. Just like sign me up, you know, take my money now. Like, like when is yeah. it? Like, I'm ready. I'm there. People posting photos from the last event. So very excited to see that uh really anxious to see when it's going to be um and you know i'm 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 excited to be there with my camera in tow i don't know if it's going to be a still camera or a video camera mm-hmm. uh, we've talked about doing a couple of videos I, I i've attempted to do a video about Bay once before um i feel more uh suited uh to do it now And, uh, we, speaking of our friend, Tom Gibbons, we are trying to encourage, uh, Taco Tommy to become gravel Gibbons. And we're hoping that we can convince him (laughs) to come down and do the Rougier Bay. Yeah. So, and I also just want to, we know
1: he does, he, he does like that race a lot. So he has
0: done it. Yeah. And like you said, I think I I do think thinking more about it, I like the idea of keeping the sort of traditional, mostly row with gravel, Mm -hmm. um, Gives it more of a classic-y. I mean, it's obviously yep. molded after a spring classic. And, and so I, I like that about gravel that you can have like very a wide variety of types of events. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. Can't wait to, whenever they drop some more news on us, I'm, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll sure to be reporting on it on the Yay yeah, Ray right podcast. Yeah, do, you, uh,
2: do you know what's going to happen when... Rouge Roubaix Bay announces that they're revamping Rouge Roubaix Bay as a road race with uh, gravel segments.
0: There's going to be an amazing tire thread.
2: The internet is <laughs> going to explode with <laughs> questions about tires. And so now, because now you have now, bike choice. Oh, right? Do I ride my gravel bike with road tires? Oh my god! It's going to be. Do so I ride a road bike talk. with? You know, do I my road bike has clearance for? 32 millimeter tires that's that's the big I thing do I, do I
1: run 32s yeah there's gonna be every all these people who are now on disc road bikes and they can run bigger tires yeah there's still gonna be those that the the awesome old school guys they're gonna be on 23s yeah you know oh for just sure because so yeah so will, one dude who shows up every year with a disc wheel will please that's, please no please notify <laughs> the Paul in, curly yeah
2: please notify the internet the day before you release the news because they're going to need to increase their
1: bandwidth. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. That is true. Oh. I, can't, I cannot wait for it to start.
0: Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. gosh. All right. I I loved how Matt literally just rubbed his hands together like a devious little Internet troll. He's just gonna, cannot wait. Um,
2: <laughs> well, guys, we uh, to close out Gravel and I guess maybe even to close out this episode of the podcast, we have some listener email feedback we do apropos of this gravel conversation that we're having right now right yeah i think we had an episode uh maybe the last episode or the one before where we kind of tried to get at the kernel of what makes gravel awesome what makes gravel so much more welcoming you know why is that is it just something that people say is it actually something about it and i think we had a a, a listener email that was pretty much right on point to that, was someone that we went on a gravel ride with a couple weeks ago.
0: Sure, yeah. A uh, friend of the pod, Bo Dennis, uh, wrote us an email. So uh, let's just read his email. And yeah, Matt, uh, sorry, Townsend. We rode with him a couple weekends ago. He said, glad to hear you all back. I had a blast riding with the two of y'all who can. Sorry, Matt. Laughy, smiley face, emoji. Last all thing. right. Just listen to Gravel gab, <laughs> and I wanted to chime in. I think gravel races attract the riders. They do, because one thing... One simple thing that most crit races and cyclocross races don't have, a sense of accomplishing a feat. There's something about a gravel race that puts you out there man and machine against nature. Gravel roads, wildlife hopping across the road, tough conditions all make it feel like like a cycling version of a Roman epic. Cyclocross and crits have no real sense of accomplishment for a new rider. Being lapped can be demoralizing, especially with a blazing fast group yelling on your left and blowing past you when you're still giving it your all. Mm. We can agree with that. Um, you can't get lapped if there's only one lap. <laughs> <laughs> Road races like Rouger Bay and Noma to Noma dabble in that sense of accomplishment, but lacks the adventure component. I really think that's what makes this, these races so enjoyable. On another note, Brian Toon may be a solid choice for the next Rouger Bay Fantasy Squad. I thought I picked Brian Toon for the I feel fantasy like squad we did. already. So yeah. Yep. yeah. But, I so Bo, thank you there. for uh send us that great email. I think I yeah, I agree with a lot of what he's saying. I think we've sort of chatted about that and uh the 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 ability for for new riders to still tackle something and 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 accomplish something mm-hmm. the, you know like yeah, not getting lapped, which is which is pretty awesome. So yeah. Well, thanks, Bo. Appreciate the email,
2: and it was great riding with you the other day. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that. I guess we should wrap it up. All right. Well, I will. uh, I will start the sign-offs by saying that. Wait, uh, wait,
0: wait! Hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's let's do it this way. Okay. So, in lieu of our usual sign-offs, what I want you guys to tell me is about. So, first question: Do any of you have a tattoo? I do have a tattoo. I have two tattoos. What? Do you have two tattoos? Yeah. I do not. Okay. Well, so I guess uh, Townsend is our tattoo expert, expert here. I have zero yeah. tattoos. Um, all right. So in lieu of your quippy sign-off, I want you to tell me what would be your gravel tattoo.
1: <laughs> oh, my God.
0: Uh, uh,
2: so... Uh, First off, can I can I just say that this was this was an idea that 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 you and I were talking about on a on a ride the yeah, other day, right? Yeah, yeah. And I came up with this idea that like now the gravels all hot. Yeah. I'm working on my I'm working on my gravel tattoo. Yeah. But I have to confess, even though I came up with this idea, I actually haven't thought about what it would be. <laughs>
1: um so I'm going to defer to Matt. Oh god. <laughs> uh well, ooh, I don't know, a gravel tattoo. I would just get a tattoo of some gravel. I think that's yeah. what I would have. I would just have a tattoo of gravel. Now, well, yeah,
2: that was the idea. But the the question was, is it is it pea gravel? Is it chunky yeah, gravel?
1: gravel? Hard pack? Sandy gravel? Oh, yeah. Well, it's difficult. Maybe I'd have a variety. Just have a, like a variety. You wouldn't get and like
0: th- a ribbon of like Strada Bianche Italian... Roads with vineyards in the sides and the hill and they would like Sagan at the top of the hill with the
1: sun behind them. But well, we don't have that though, do we, here? So it would be just well, it would it's actually give whatever you want. It would just be it would just be a levee top. It would be perfectly flat and <laughs> flat it would be, gravel with like a duck blind in the background. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. It would I just like be that. it would just be an it endless... It's like that road that we got kicked off the other day down to when we rode. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah,
2: actually Matt, I know what your gravel tattoo would be. And mm-hmm. it's a little bit of a stretch, but I think okay. it would still fit with gravel. So you get you could get a a, a Rubé cobble mm. tattooed yeah. on your just on the on the meat of your shoulder. Yeah. It'd clearly be a, a Rubé cobble, which is just an exceptionally large piece of gravel (laughs) we've had that conversation before. we have had
1: that conversation i don't think like i say i don't think uh well maybe it does maybe french cobbles do count because they literally are just thrown randomly on the ground aren't they yeah (laughs) as opposed to being sort of cut as opposed to like belgian cobbles which are actually look like somebody's actually gone and paved the road with them yeah bit of masonry actually involved in that yeah no there's the paris-roubaix ones i mean they have that whole like les armées du paris-roubaix who basically go in and Make sure it's fucked up enough, you know, on Carrefour de l'Arbre. So there's like, you know, they have to like, go, oh, no, no, that looks far too even there. Here, let's put one of them sideways, you know. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to go with Oh, that. but where do, where do I, you're saying I have it on my shoulder. I guess. Yeah. Um, actually, you know where I'd have it? I would have it on my knee. <laughs> um if I was going to have a cobble, I'd have it on my knee, like it would be like a Museu, you know, because he, right, basically a cobble absolutely blew his knee to pieces. Okay. Yeah. Well, I would have a picturesque
2: scene. So you have to you have to sort of go with me here on this one. It's going to be sort of an old, like World War Two style. Um, uh, rosie the riveter kind of tattoo okay mm-hmm. and the scene is going to be so it's going to it's going to have sort of like a a, a a beautiful 40s style lady on the uh, tattooed a pin-up. On, on my, like a pin-up, pin-up mm. girl on my on my arm tattooed with a picturesque scene of of that uh classic tunica hills gravel and it's going to say big bertha <laughs> <laughs> the oh, that's pretty good.
0: Oh my gosh. That's okay. Wow. All right. So, yeah. Okay. So scene, uh, it's, it's aerial shot. So think, think of a, think of a, 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 a dark street with pools of light lit from above. Mm-hmm. And then think of like this blurry, uh, Blurry like an arc, like a blurry arc. That in the front of the blurry arc is is an in-focus wheel, and then it's a ninety-degree turn, and it's the corner of a crit race, and it's gravel because it's asphalt. So that's Mm. your gravel crit tattoo.
1: (laughs) Okay.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna get criterium tattoo. Love it. All right, all right. Well, that's it then. So that we've signed (laughs) off, and I've.
0: got a tattoo of big birth on my arm <laughs> and you are this is the t-bone <laughs> this Good is the cheerio and this is Bodie. Bodie saying once again if you have any questions comments or concerns send us an email at yeah at gmail.com like Bo dennis did uh leave us a rating or a review on itunes uh, slide into my DMs on Instagram at yeah, you Ride. if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. You can find all of us on Twitter. I'm uh, at Lance Affley. Uh, Matt is at Matt Kite. And Townsend is at Townsend. At Semi Tough CC. At Semi Tough CC. He has a cycling club mm. as his handle. Um, get at us. Let us know your thoughts. Until next time.